Blog Talk Radio. You have just connected with the most magical and remarkable radio show for individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. I'm Robert Rogers, and this is Parkinson's Recovery. I have a vision that the time will come soon when all people who experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease will know in their heart, soul, and mind that they will recover. I have a vision that all people who have been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease will know their bodies are simply giving them the gift of information that something is out of balance. I have a vision that all people think of their symptoms as a new beginning. I have a vision that all persons with the symptoms of Parkinson's disease acknowledge that their true healing comes from a place deep within themselves. I have a vision that all people experience the gift of symptoms as an invitation to find the answers they seek now. I have a vision that all persons on the road to recovery join together as one, committed to help themselves and in so doing, help the millions of others throughout the world who have neurological symptoms. This vision unfolds in San Diego on October the 18th through the 20th. Join others on the road to recovery. The significantly discounted resort hotel rates in San Diego, California of $109 per night expire tomorrow. That's Friday. Even if you are not sure you will be able to attend Jumpstart to Wellness, make your hotel reservations today to claim the low rate. You can always cancel later and pay nothing. Call Kurt Robertson at 360-987-2333 to claim that low rate. These low rates at this incredible resort hotel expire in 48 hours, so you need to take action now. Do you need information about Jumpstart to Wellness? Call toll-free. I'll be happy to answer all of your questions. The toll-free number is 877-526-4646. Again, the number to call for reservations at the hotel, even if you're not sure you can come, is 360-987-2333. And you'll be talking to our travel agent that we partner with, Kurt Robertson. I have announced this program as a remarkable story of recovery. You will not be disappointed from listening to this entire show because this is truly and genuinely a remarkable story of recovery and embodies what is possible for anyone. And I say again, anyone who has the symptoms of 
Parkinson's disease. I'm Robert Rogers. This is Parkinson's Recovery. My guest today is Sue Richards, who is, some of you may already be following her blog, the author of www.mymenopauseblog.com. Sue, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure, Robert. Tell us about yourself. Well, let's see. Um, I'm 52. I'm grateful I'm postmenopausal now, so I've made it through the the ordeal of menopause and wrote everything that I experienced along the way on my blog. So if people want to know about that, they can read about it in Technicolor. Uh, I live in in Ontario. I uh, I'm an artist and an entrepreneur, and um, I'm recovering from Parkinson's. Tell us about the symptoms of Parkinson's, uh, for example, when you were diagnosed, symptoms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, my Parkinson's came about in a moment of, in time. Um, I was having a particularly uh, stressful year. Uh, it was 2002. Um, I had lost uh, a project that I was working on failed miserably in the financial sense of the word, and I lost a, quite a sizable sum of money, which was actually my life savings, which was a real bummer, and then uh, that sort of snowballed into my relationship with my partner breaking down, and uh, him and his children left, and then a few weeks later, my dog died, and when my dog died, uh, she was in my arms, and uh, the vet was putting the needle in her to euthanize her, and the minute she passed, I started shaking, and I have pretty much been shaking for the last eight years. And other symptoms, of, of course, have developed since then as well. But uh, that was—it was like I had this. Uh, it's like I, my central nervous system blew a gasket. That's kind of what it felt like. I just, just completely um, had a, a meltdown, complete and total meltdown, and I just couldn't handle any more stress, any more trauma anymore anything it was just a complete total breakdown and uh, that so that's how it began um, when I went to my first neurologist to find out what the heck was going on with me he diagnosed me with a stress disorder which in part is accurate because Parkinson's certainly is a stress disorder um, but he didn't diagnose me with Parkinson's so I spent the next few years uh, the next four or five years pursuing every possible modality that I could to help me reduce my stress and, uh, and you know, bring that down in my body and help to ease my central nervous system. Uh, but that didn't seem to quite work completely, although it did keep my symptoms at bay for a while. Uh, but then again, about three years ago, I guess, yes, yeah, just a little over three years ago that I finally, I went to see another neurologist and uh, this chap diagnosed me with Parkinson's. So since then, I've been focused more on uh, modalities specific to recovering from Parkinson's. What was your reaction upon first hearing the news from this second neurologist that you were diagnosed with Parkinson's disease? Um, well, it was, it's kind of interesting, actually. I, I had just, I'd gone, I'm a wilderness canoeist, and I had been away for a week with a friend in the bush canoeing and camping and whatnot, and 
the day after I came home from that, I was going to see this neurologist. So I was feeling pretty good about myself. I was feeling pretty strong, and I was feeling, even though I was, I had symptoms, I was, I certainly didn't feel like I had an, an progressively degenerative neurological disorder that was incurable. So I arrived at this neurologist's office and uh, with a friend, and he did the half dozen little tests that you do, pushing the person over from the back, the front, the reflexes, that whatnot. And I guess I showed uh, poorly in four of those areas, and uh, he pronounced me as being diagnosed with Parkinson's. And he said, but I guess you know all about that. I'm sure you've done lots of research. <laughs> of course, I hadn't done a thing because <laughs> I, I didn't have Parkinson's. So I wasn't researching Parkinson's. So he started to draw something on this little piece of paper in front of him, and he started to say the words progressively degenerative neurological disorder that was incurable. And as soon as he got to the incurable part, I, I didn't actually do this, but metaphorically speaking, I put my fingers in my ear and I started humming. <laughs> like a child would do. <laughs> I'm not listening to you. You're not the boss of me. And I just thought, screw that. There's no possible way I've got something that's incurable. <laughs> what was he drawing on the paper when he was... He was, uh, I believe he was drawing out how my dopamine was tanking in my body. Oh. So the, the, the way the dopamine system uh, goes down, and then he was, of course, suggesting that I go on. Aldopa, or whatever, some form of drug, and then he was showing some slight increase in dopamine as a result of that, but then inevitably the big tank after that. So, I mean, it wasn't a pretty picture. And he was smiling away, you know, and uh, talking to me as though we were discussing a recipe for lasagna or something. <laughs> it was crazy. And the woman that I took with me was... Um, she took it more seriously than I did, I think, because I just couldn't, I just wouldn't allow it. I, I guess I was in, well, I was in denial. I was totally in denial, and I, I just wasn't going to accept that information. And I think that's the best thing that I could have done, actually, to be quite frank. Um, and and to, actually, to this day, I haven't believed for a moment that it's irreversible or incurable or progressively degenerative. Uh, especially given the way my Parkinson's started. It was clearly a result of emotional trauma, and uh, I've certainly had uh, my share of emotional trauma over the course of my life, and uh, I figured it was just a matter of releasing that trauma and, and sorting out the emotional baggage that I needed to sort out and get my uh, central nervous system functioning properly again. Now, I, I was perhaps a little little uh, flippant about that because it's taken me a long time to get that ship turned around but uh, I do believe I've in fact turned it around and I'm progressively regenerating right now so it's a good it's a good thing when the uh, doctor recommended certain medications did you decide to try those out or oh, no no absolutely not no, I thanked him profusely for his suggestion, and I left the office without a prescription. Um, I went back again. I guess he wanted to see me four months later. And um, between the first appointment with him and the second appointment with him, I had the great fortune of coming across a, 
a group of Chinese doctors in California who uh, I'm not sure whether you've interviewed them yet or ha- had any reference on your blog to them yet, but the pdrecovery.org people. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, the footholding people. Yes, they're one. I've, I've been trying to get an interview with a Janice Walton Haddock, but oh, I have yes. not been successful. Oh, well, I, essentially I credit them with, with jump. they've jump-started my um, recovery, absolutely. I uh, downloaded the entire book. I think it was 800 pages. Um, I read it from back to front, front to back, and in, and immediately had my foot, feet, both my feet assessed, and sure enough, I had a, a very serious foot injury that had never recovered. I'd never recovered from. I don't have an actual, really clear memory of what it was. I have a couple of vague memories of, as a child of having my foot quite severely injured, and um, I uh, set up a team of uh, people to hold my foot, and I've had my foot held now for three years, four to five times a week, for an hour at a time. Wow. And as, as I, I just actually finished a, a treatment this, this morning, um, my foot has dramatically improved in all manner. It used to be, my foot was always just frozen. There was just no circulation in it ever. Uh, it was always a bit numb. I was always a bit swollen. Uh, it's no longer numb, it's no longer cold, and it's no longer swollen. Yay! Full range of motion. There's just a small amount of congestion around the big toe. Um, so when I saw my Chinese doctor yesterday, he quickly and promptly stuck a needle in it, an acupuncture needle in it. So it's, it seems to be opening up again a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, so that, so I, I went to my second neurologist appointment with this, pdrecovery.org website information in hand. In fact, I printed off the first chapter of the book for the neurologist, and I walked in pretty proud of myself <laughs> and uh, flopped this thing down on the table and said, I won't be needing your medication. I'm, you know, this is what's wrong, and I, this is what I'm going to pursue. And uh, he, he, he said, well, whatever, you know, fine. He's certainly, he's never been um, the type to cut me off or tell me that I'm crazy or anything like that. He's, he's been quite open to me trying new things. He doesn't want to know what they are, but he's uh, he doesn't restrict in any way, shape, or form my ideas or thoughts about what I'm doing. So I, I, uh, I went from there um, doing the PD recovery program and having my foot held, along, uh, along with other things at the same time, but that was the primary uh, form of treatment that I started with. You remember then uh, vaguely some injuries that you did have when you were very young mm-hmm. to your foot. Mm-hmm. So what the PD recovery people believe and what I believe as well is that there, there are channels that run through your body, meridians and channels, and if there's an injury that has been unresolved, those channels can become messed up and reversed and they change the energy in your body. And from what I understand from the PD recovery people, the stomach channel is one of the channels that goes through the foot. So what had happened is my stomach channel had absolutely and completely reversed. So I was having a hard time digesting food. I wasn't getting the the proper nutrition from the food that I was eating. And uh, this was, in fact, contributing to the symptoms of Parkinson's. So although it looks like it's just a foot injury, it has much wider implications for the whole digestive system. Mm-hmm. And well, in my case, it did. 
Now, it, I don't think this. I don't think this is a universal thing necessarily for everyone, but certainly in my case, that's what was going on for me. And then, as the treatments uh, evolved, uh, three times a week of holding the foot, then I'm guessing that the digestive system came back online. Yes, it's, it has come back online. So I'm getting far more bang for my nutritional buck now. Ah, that's great. Instead of putting all this very expensive food down, that it's not going anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. It was just, you know, I was just, it just was going in one end and out the other, quite literally. Yeah. But not anymore. And I can feel that difference now. I can tell that I'm getting energy from my food because I was just exhausted, completely exhausted. Felt like for three years I was exhausted. That website again is www.pdrecovery.org and the uh, Janice Walton Haddock and her group of wonderful therapists uh, work out of Santa Cruz, California, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. And the book that they've published online gives all the information and the details that one would need to learn the, uh, the treatment that is required for the foot. It's called Forceless Spontaneous, um, Forceless Spontaneous, oh, isn't that funny, F F S R Release, Forceless Spontaneous Release is what the actual uh, treatment is called. Anyone could do it. Uh, I have three women that helped me out with it. Um, one was a total stranger. I just sent an email out to uh, a group of, of people on my healing team, and uh, this total stranger responded, and she's been holding my foot now for a year, every Friday morning. Um, another uh, woman who I'd known for many years, she's in her 80s, she phoned me up two years ago and said, I think I want to help you out with this foot-holding thing that you're doing, so... She comes every Thursday, and we have lunch, and she holds my foot for an hour, and that's an absolutely lovely thing. <clears throat> and then my neighbor, who uh, happens to also be a healer herself, she just came o- She was so excited when I found this information out. She came over with her massage table, set it up in my living room. It's been there for three years. <laughs> that's great. And she just started showing up every other day and holding my foot for an hour, an hour and a half. And, uh, oh, my goodness, I, I, some some days it was just all I could do to get from that day to the next day, just knowing that someone was going to come and hold me. And I would lie on that table, and I would almost bounce off the table. I would be shaking so badly. And by the end of the treatment, I would be calm and relaxed and feeling supported and safe again. And, oh, and then, you know, then it would ramp up, and then it would... I'd have another treatment and it would go down and it was just this back and forth and back and forth, but absolutely critical to the healing process for me. You were really riding the waves, it sounds like. Absolutely. You actually then are saying that a person can go to the website and get all the information they need, really just from the website to be yes. uh, again doing these treatments. Did you actually go down and uh, they do all sorts of workshops in Santa Cruz? Did you have an opportunity to do that no, as well? No, I've never met any of these people. Um, I have had very brief uh, email interaction with them. And there were a couple of points where, well, I just... I. Uh, 
I just wanted something. I wanted somebody to tell me something good, you know, because there was no real evidence that this was working it, for a long time. It just felt like people kept holding my foot, holding my foot, holding my foot, and I and I just seemed to be progressively degenerating. And, it, you know, I just wanted somebody to say how long. I don't know, you know, something, just yeah. something I could pin my hopes on. And I had a few um, responses from them back and forth, but it, you know it's very hard for them to assess me via email. Um, but they assured me that you know if I kept at it, um, it, that I would it would bear fruit in some way, shape, or form because they had you know people that would recover in a year or five years, depending on the person, the injury, their ability to not only just have their foot held. There's a two-part it's a bit of a two-part program. It's not just the footholding that they recommend, but it's also the heart opening in that uh, one needs to allow themselves to feel very deeply the any kind of trauma that they may have had in the past and, and resolve that um, and just open up the heart and allow that channel to be open and warm and free. And that's a, a big part of what the PD recovery people in, encourage as well, it's it's a two point, it's a two part um, recovery program. They predicted that you were going to get some relief if you stuck with it, and it sounds like you have certainly confirmed that prediction. Yes, indeed. We'll be right back with Sue Richards after this short station break. I am Robert Rogers. You are listening to my interview with Sue Richards, and I have a vision that as the Parkinson's Recovery Community of Pioneers takes the action that is needed for their own recoveries, the good news spreads like wildfire. I have a vision that hope replaces despair. I have a vision that dreams replace depression. I have a vision that the moment-to-moment thoughts about our lives, our families, and our future nurture the bodies of persons with the symptoms of Parkinson's back to health now. I have a vision that all persons with Parkinson's disease jumpstart their bodies back to balance, health, and harmony now. Make this vision a reality today. Join others on the road to recovery at Jumpstart to Wellness in San Diego, California. This vision unfolds in San Diego on October the 18th through the 20th when you have the opportunity to join others who are also on the road to recovery. None of us can make this happen alone. The incredibly low resort hotel rates of $109 per night expire in 48 hours. They expire tomorrow. They expire Friday. Even if you are not sure, you will be able to attend our 2010 Jump Start to Wellness program in San Diego. Make your hotel reservations today to claim the low rate. Call Kurt Robertson at 360-987-2333. You can always cancel out later if you cannot make it. 
If you sign up later, however, you will pay a significantly higher room rate. These low hotel rates expire in 48 hours. Do you need information about Jumpstart to Wellness? You can always call me toll-free. I promise I will answer the phone, and if I don't, I will call you back. The toll-free number is 877-526-4646. And now back to the second segment of this incredible and most remarkable story of recovery by Sue Richards. Since you were diagnosed several years ago, Sue, have you been getting better? Have you basically stayed about the same with regard to your symptoms, or have you been getting worse? All of the above. I got sort of, the, it was sort of the same for a while, and then I got quite a lot worse, like significantly worse, and to the point where I um, wasn't able to live alone anymore. I was having difficulty getting out of bed. I couldn't wash my hair anymore. I needed personal care help. I couldn't cook for myself. Um, I was using a wheelchair when I left the house and a walker when I was in the house. So, yes, I, I, I had the experience of sort of staying the same for a long time. And then I just became, I got worse and worse and worse. And, again, I believe quite strongly that my particular form of Parkinson's is very strongly rooted in my emotions, uh, uh, emotional trauma, and I had more stuff to dig through and root through, and it was not stuff that I wanted to dig through and root through, but I had to do it, and so that's what I think was creating the the um, impression that I was getting much, much worse. So it's not an I was getting much, much worse. People were quite concerned, very, very concerned. In fact, I actually for, I'm sure, maybe not much more than a day, but for a period of time, a, sh a very short period of time, I actually believed that maybe I was wrong and that I wasn't going to recover from this illness. And then, in fact, this was it. This was going to be the end of my life. And... Um, because I wasn't remotely interested in living my life out in some kind of institution. Um, I'm not married. I don't have children. My parents are both dead. Uh, so there wasn't, you know, it just kind of felt like, what the heck's going to happen to me? So I prepared a will and, and uh, got a personal care team together to help me in case I was in a situation where I wasn't able to make my own decisions. Um, yeah, I kind of started tidying up my affairs, so to speak. But I still, I just, there was still a part of me, there was still a small part of me that said, this is crazy, you can't, this can't be it. Like, this, this I'm too young. This can't be it, there's so much more to do, and I've got so many more things that I want to see, and, and, you know, it's just like, this is ridiculous, it doesn't make any sense, it just didn't make any sense to me. And so during this time, I went back to see the neurologist, and um, boy, was he annoyed with me. Oh, my goodness. He was quite annoyed when I walked in. He, he just looked at me. I hadn't seen him for about a year. And he looked at me, and he said, where the heck have you been? And I said, you know, I've been trying to recover from Parkinson's. And he goes, well, obviously that's not working or <laughs> something like that. You know, I was just like, oh, you're right. I'm such an idiot, you know. 
Anyways, this time when I left the neurologist's office, which was just uh, last fall, so the fall of 2009, I did leave with a prescription. And then I didn't fill it. But I left with this prescription in my hand and um, came home with it. And that seemed to relieve everybody right away. So not only was I feeling horrible and, and losing my ability to function as a an independent human being, but all my friends and my community were becoming increasingly concerned about what was going to happen to me. So this helped to sort of relieve some of that tension when I came home with the prescription. But I hadn't intended to fill it because I just was so against the idea of going on any kind of drug at all. And uh, it just felt like it was just not the right thing for me to do. However, as time went on, as the the days ticked away and it, we got into November, and November in Ontario is probably the bleakest month on the face of the earth. It's just nasty. It can be just nasty up here. It's just awful, awful, awful. And my mobility was continuing to go down. And my housemate at the time, who I had um, I'd been quite creative with my um, my home, I had offered a free room in my home for someone provided they cooked and did shopping and some tasks for me in return for rent. So I had a woman living with me who was doing just that and she informed me that she was going to be moving out. And that kind of that was important it was an important point and when I look back it was a very important point and I'm very grateful to her for for making that announcement and telling me that she was moving out but at that moment it was horrible it was just a horrible thing because I, I couldn't be alone I couldn't live alone I could be alone for a couple of hours in the daytime but I just couldn't be alone non-stop so there, suddenly I had this huge dilemma on my hands I didn't know where I was going to find another roommate um, I, there was no place for me to go there was nobody's house that I could move into there's no institution that I could get into quickly. I started to make arrangements, tried to make arrangements with the social services that we have available here, but they're quite lame. When it come right, came right down to it, the waiting list was like five years, you know, <laughs> before I could get into an assisted living situation. So uh, it wasn't a very good scene. And so I finally uh, relented and went on some Cinemet, a very low dose of Cinemet. And that's when things started to change. And the reason I think, and, and in fact, I'll, I'll fast forward to this at very moment. I'm still on a very low dose of Cinemet. In fact, I'm, I'm decreasing my dose of Cinemet now. I've decreased it in the last two months and will continue decreasing it because I'm continuing to improve. So for a very short period of time, I have um, been using uh, Levodopa, a uh, small dose, and it seemed to be just exactly what was in order to get some kind of base happening in my body, just some kind of stability happening so that all the treatments that I was doing had a place to rest. I, I don't know if that makes sense or not to, to you or to your listeners, but I felt like I was doing all this work and getting all this, these treatments and all this, these supplements and all this good food and all of the, all, all sorts of things were happening that were really, really positive and really, really good for me. But it was just kind of just going right through my body. There was still not enough of a foundation within my body for it to stick. And the levodopa just 
provided that much more help. And, yeah, and so that's what happened. In last fall, I went on a small dose of levodopa. Miraculously, I found a new roommate who's uh, fabulous. She's just a delight to live with. She's been extraordinarily helpful and wonderful, and I, I love her to bits. And uh, things immediately started to turn around for me. Um, when I went back to my neurologist again, which was last March, uh, he was pleased to see my progress, and he basically he said, are you satisfied with where you're at? And I said, yes, quite. And in fact, I wasn't, but I, I just sort of thought I would say that to him because I didn't want him to tell me I needed to take more drugs. Um, but I was using my walker. I was... Uh, I still couldn't go anywhere under my own steam. I still needed help uh, cooking, cleaning, all of that stuff. I couldn't do any of that stuff. I still couldn't live alone, but I still I, I had managed to get some independence. And he said, "Well, this should be you know this should be about as good as it gets for you." So I'm glad you're happy with that. And I said, "Okay, that's great. I'm happy with that." Well, when I saw him again in July, just this July pa- that has passed. He was speechless. <laughs> he didn't know what to say because I walked into his office without my walker. No walker. <laughs> no walker. I was perfectly mobile. I was fluid in my movements. My cognitive skills were top-notch. Um, my handwriting was excellent again. I was able to write quite, quite clearly with a pen, which I hadn't been able to do at all the last time that I'd seen him. And he didn't know what to say. He just absolutely didn't know what to say. And all he could manage to mutter was, I never imagined you without a walker. And I said, well, here I am without there a walker. There it is. Imagine it now. And he said, well, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. And I said, oh, absolutely. I fully intend to keep doing it. And I said, now, I need some instructions from you on how to get off the levodopa. And he said, oh, that's easy. You just get off it the same way you get on it, nice and slow. And I said, that's great. And he said, you know, basically you have my blessings to do that. And I said, that's great. And uh, we'll see you in January. And I said, absolutely. I look forward to seeing you in January. So, And things since, since I've seen him, uh, since I had that appointment in July, have just continued to improve dramatically. People are, I use the word gobsmacked. They're completely gobsmacked when they see me now. They... They just don't know what to make of it. It's been, it's like truly miraculous. And this is with me decreasing my dosage of levodopa. So it's not the, it's not the medication. The medication helped. It got me over some kind of a hurdle that I needed to get over. But now I have definitely got some very clear strength building in my body, and I have very good energy. My pulse is excellent. My blood pressure is excellent. My well, all the things that people that I see on a regular basis deal with, every part of me is excellent. You know, I see a Chinese doctor on a weekly basis. I see, pardon me, on a bi-weekly basis. I see a chiropractor three times a week. I see a naturopath every week. They keep pretty close tabs on me. And they, you know, do their testing and their touching and they're looking at and they're poking in. And I'm good. I'm getting better every day. You've mentioned a number of therapies that have been useful, the foot-holding therapy, the levodopa, the 
chiropractic, the acupuncture, the naturopath doctors, what specific therapies or treatments have helped you uh, get relief from your symptoms other than those? Oh, man, I've got a list as long as my arms. Um, I think mostly, though, and again, everybody's different. So I think that the key that I have done is I have created this fabulous team of healers. I have this incredible community around me that is like a few hundred people have joined. In fact, I called it Team Sue, and I made stickers up, and people have stickers that they wear um, called Team Sue. So I have Team Sue, and Team Sue has done everything from uh, at times cook for me. I have one of my members of Team Sue does my laundry for me every other week. Another one cleans my house for me. Uh, I have members of Team Sue that provide financial support for me because I've been unable to get any kind of financial disability and I haven't been able to work for the last two years. So I have people that subscribe to a website for me on a monthly basis and contribute 10 or $20 a month from their bank account directly into my bank account. And some of these people I've never met. They're just people that wanted to help out. Um, I have uh, healing. I have team members that drive me to my appointments. I have team members that take me to the movies, to the theater if I'm up to that, Uh, just come and hang out and have tea with me. Um, I have this crazy uh, thing called a wike that the community purchased for me. It's like this large utility trailer that you can attach to the back of a bicycle or push like a stroller. Uh, Usually you see children riding around in them, but they found one that was big enough for me. Just, it's, it's good for 130 pounds, and I'm 130 pounds, so I get put in that thing three or four times a week, or at least I was. I don't use it much anymore because I'm walking now, so that's a big improvement. And they drag this bike out into the nature somewhere and take me for rides around nature, you know, on a trail for an hour or two hours, hauling my big old body up and down hills. Oh, my goodness. These people were amazing. And then they also purchased a sled for me, so in the wintertime they could plunk me on this sled and push me through the same trail in the middle of the snow and wintry weather so that I could be out in the nature again, which has always been critically important to me. So having this incredible team of people and engaging my immediate community uh, in the healing process has been, I think, the most fundamental thing that I've done. Uh, accepting their support and learning how to receive their support with gratitude and acceptance. That's been absolutely the primary thing that I've done, I think, that has aided and abetted my healing. Then from there, then there's a ton of different types of modalities, and I can list them off. Um, I do a lot of Alexander Technique. Uh, the neighbor that I mentioned earlier that brought her massage table over is a, an Alexander Technique teacher. An Alexander Technique focuses on the skeleton and keeping the skeleton aligned and, and um, in, yeah, in proper alignment from tip to, to toe all the way around, uh, keeping the body lengthened and widened to its maximum capacity. So that's been fabulous for me because anyone with Parkinson's knows that the rigidity of Parkinson's is probably one of the more disconcerting symptoms. and you always feel like you need a good stretch, or at least I've always felt like I just needed to be put on a rack and stretched out 
at the end of every day. And that's kind of what Alexander's technique is, only very, very, very gentle. Everything that I do is very, very, very gentle. I don't do any modalities that are harsh or um, bone-crushing type stuff because it just doesn't work for me. absolutely doesn't work. And I do cranial. I've done a lot of cranial sacral over the, the years. Um, did quite a bit of EFT, emotional. So on, on cranial, you go to a therapist for cranial yes. sacral? You don't do that yourself? You... Uh, no, I, although I am trained. I did take a course in cranial, so I completely understand the premise of cranial sacral, but um, I have uh, a, a very gifted uh, cranial sacral therapist that I see quite regularly. Um, uh, he also is a herb herbologist and quite wonderfully he's learned how to make macuna for me so he makes my macuna for me which I also take um, so then I have done EFT quite a lot of EFT emotional freedom techniques uh, to help release the negative emotions and outdated beliefs that I've been holding on to for 52 odd years um, further to the emotional stuff I've done a couple of other things one called Z point uh, or Z point, depending on whether you're an American or a Canadian. Um, it's a very similar to emotional freedom technique, only it helps you to reframe emotional experiences and that block the healing and then release those emotional experiences as well. Um, and it involves tapping, a little bit of tapping and, and a strong positive keyword and, and whatnot. So that's been helpful. I've been uh, just been introduced to a new type of um, emotional type of a, a therapy called family constellations, and that is um, helps me to very much with um, ancestral sort of family family issues that have gone on through the ages. So, uh, as an example, my father was. Uh, quite an advanced alcoholic. In fact, alcoholism claimed his life. And there's a, there's a bit of a, uh, a thread of alcoholism that runs through the family, through the history of the family. And Family Constellations has helped me to sort of sort that out a little bit more and, and reframe that in my mind so that I'm less of a victim and more of a person that's fully and completely responsible for the choices that I make in my life today. So that's been very helpful. I've had Reiki treatments, uh, so that's kind of a soul level healing type stuff. Uh, therapeutic touch, uh, which is a very gentle, calming energy field uh, type thing. It calms the uh, immediate energy field right next to the body. I use uh, another technique called BOSS, um, Bio-Operational Computer System, I think that's what that one stands for. I'm not absolutely positive about that. It's um, pretty out there stuff. It's very energy-based uh, healing type stuff. I call the person that I see on a regular basis my witch. So a little witchy stuff in there. <laughs> doesn't hurt. Then I see a doctor of chiropractic, but he doesn't do the bone-crunching, neck-twisting type chiropractic that everybody probably identifies with. He does something called network, which is very gentle. Um, he helps me to connect points on my spine, along my spine, that don't seem to be connected or communicating with each other, and I see him usually, currently I'm only seeing him once a week, but when I started seeing him, I was seeing him three times a week. Um, and I'll, I'll just mention 
before I go too much farther, most of these practitioners have offered their services to me for free or greatly discounted. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, um, because I, I comply. And from what I gather from people in the healing fields, when you get a ha- your hands on a person that complies to their suggestions, their healing suggestions, it's like a gold mine because most people don't comply. They, they'll do what is recommended to them maybe once or twice or maybe for a week or two, and then they fall off the wagon and stop doing it. But I'm absolutely 100% fully compliant. So it's been exciting for people to work with me because they know I'm going to follow through and do what they suggest, and they're also really open to the things that I bring to the table, which I regularly have ideas and suggestions about what my body needs. So, um, yeah, I don't want people... I'm certainly not rich. In fact, I'm quite the opposite of rich. I'm just very fortunate. And and I think the other reason why people have been so generous to me is because I've been a community artist in my city for many, many years and have started a number of things in this community that are continuing on. And uh, I guess they just want to give back. And I'm grateful for that, totally grateful for that. So... Shall I continue with my list? Oh, please. Okay. I also um, have a doctor of Chinese medicine. I see him. I used to see him every two weeks, but now that I'm improving, uh, we're down to seeing him. I see him every three weeks. And these appointments, uh, I'll I'll further add, um, I see him for an hour and a half at a time. When I see my neurologist, I get 10 minutes, 10 minutes like every six months. So (laughs) it's just... (laughs) leagues away from, you know, how does one heal with that type of attention? I don't think that's possible, but having the type of attention that I'm getting from my alternative people has just been profoundly helpful. So my Chinese doctor, um, with him, he provides me with a a customized um, set of herbs every week or every every three weeks that I take twice a day and then uh, I also get an acupuncture treatment with him when I see him and he's also very good at keeping meticulous notes about how I'm doing and where I'm at which has proven to be quite beneficial uh, as time has gone on because sometimes I lose track of any improvements or my mind starts to go in a very negative direction and he'll Pardon me. He'll remind me because he's written it down that you know three weeks ago I said this or three weeks ago I was feeling that, which might be the quite quite the opposite to what I'm expressing to him at that moment. So that's been extraordinarily helpful having that note taking because I haven't been able to do that for myself. I wasn't able to write for a couple of years. Um, with um, I connected in with John Coleman. I know you've interviewed him on your radio station. Um, and I started taking the aquas, which is something that he recommended, and that uh, I think has been very helpful in helping to rehydrate my cells. Um, because of menopause, I started doing bioidentical hormones, um, which I think also helps with the Parkinson's as well, just to relieve stress in the body. So that's been another part of my healing modality. At the very beginning, I uh, went to an allergist and uh, got a a full assessment of all the allergies that I might have in my body so as not to continue aggravating my body by inadvertently 
taking foods or having things in my diet that were bad for me. So that was a, a, a wise choice. Um, I've had a million massages in the last eight years, um, regular therapeutic type massages, and as well as a very gentle type of a shiatsu massage. And uh, boy, you gotta love a ma- massage. You gotta love a good massage. I just one of those moments of just just sink into some kind of bliss. I'm not sure where I go, but certainly far, far away, and it's a lovely, warm place. Um, my cranial sacral uh, therapist was very kind in purchasing something called a NitroFit uh, exercising type machine. Uh, this is a, a machine that apparently astronauts use when they're in space, so people that are confined in their ability to move around uh, or have some kind of a disability are get tremendous amount of benefit out of this machine, this NitroFit. So I use that three times a week. I go to his office and I stand on this thing and it jiggles the daylights out of me and it helps to increase my core strength, which is critical to uh, getting well and getting stronger. Um, I personally own something called a magnetic resonation bed and I use that uh, a couple times a day just for little short eight-minute treatments and what that does it further helps relax my body and provide helps my blood cells to become more oxygenated so that everything flows a little more smoothly within my body so that's just sitting in my living room on my massage table so whenever I'm feeling a little jiggy or a little bit tense like when I finish this radio interview I'm going to be naturopathic doctor um, and I've, ha- I've done a number of things with her. I see her every week. She now comes to my home. Um, I started to see her because she was a Bowen therapist and uh, John um, geez, his last name just evaded uh, me. Coleman, I think you Coleman, yes, uh-huh. correct. Um, had recommended Bowen therapy. So I, I started out trying Bowen therapy and we had results at the very onset but then it plateaued very quickly so I went from that to um, starting a glutathione IV therapy with her, and uh, so she was coming to my and has been coming to my home now for over a year, and providing me with an IV that isn't just glutathione. It also has uh, Bs, calcium, magnesium, selenium, selenium. I think. Um, what else is in there? Um, a whole bunch of stuff. Anyways, so I, I've been getting this IV therapy. And then I heard an interview on your radio station with a naturopathic doctor from Seattle, Lori. Mishley. Yes. And she was talking about glutathione nasal spray. And I instantly felt like that was would be a brilliant idea for me. And I've just actually been able to start that. So through my naturopathic doctor, she figured out what it was I needed. We found a compounding pharmacy here in Ontario. And uh, I've just finished the... I've just finished the first two weeks of my nasal glutathione nasal spray. Notice within 10 days, I noticed a difference. Oh, great. Yeah, absolutely noticed a difference. It's very exciting. I'm quite, and it's no problem. I was concerned about squirting something up my nose. I've never liked anything up my nose, anyone or anything up my nose. (laughs) And uh, this has been 
easy peasy, not a problem at all. Uh, just a little post-nasal drip for about five minutes, and then I'm good. And then within about 15 or 20 minutes, I can feel distinct improvement in my mobility and, and motor control. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. Um, for a while, I tried physiotherapy. There was a physiotherapist in town who claimed to um, have the be-all and end-all treatment for people living with Parkinson's. And, um, well, maybe he does, but not for my Parkinson's. Uh, it didn't work at all. In fact, it set me back. It was way too harsh. Uh, it, was, it, it just wasn't gentle at all. It was, it was, yeah, it was just a bit way too harsh, and so I, I quit that. That didn't work for me at all. And whereas it might work for someone else, just like the Bowen. I mean, Bowen was very, very gentle. It just didn't seem to have the impact that we were looking for. It didn't have any impact after a very short period of time, so that's why I stopped doing that. Um, for a while, I tried something called Brain Gym, which um, it's, it's a form of neural programming. Um, I can't really describe it in too much detail because I'm not doing it anymore. Um, it was very expensive, and... Uh, Again, I just didn't feel like I was getting the bang for my buck, and I couldn't find a way of justifying the, the expense of it, so I stopped doing that. But I don't think it's a bad thing. I just It just wasn't the right thing for me at the time. It was quite inconvenient for me to get to this particular practitioner, and, yeah, it just didn't line up. It didn't line up. It wasn't an easy, easy process for me, so when it's not easy, I just don't pursue it because so many things have become so easy. It just seems to me that I might as well just follow the things that are really, really, really easy to follow. And if there's lots of roadblocks in the way for me to pursue something else, that perhaps that means I shouldn't be doing it. It's a sign. Yeah, yeah it's a sign. It's easy and it works, so stay with yeah. it. I've been taking Makuna, um, the um, bi botanical derivative equivalent to L-Dopa now for about two years. Um, and uh, that hasn't got a huge impact, but I think it it has some impact. It, I use it mostly at night, so I take it just before I go to bed, and then I inevitably wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, so I have another little blast of it then. And I think that helps me immensely with my mobility in the in the nighttime, so I, I can get a better rest and I have better range of motion in bed, so I'm not getting numb and stiff and sore in bed. So that's how I've chosen to use the Makuna. Glad I wrote all this down. Um, I also have a medical marijuana prescription, which we are entitled to do here in Canada. I'm not sure whether you're allowed to do that in the States or not. Um, there was a time when my medical marijuana was something that sort of kept me from going off the deep end. Now I'm I don't need it nearly as much. Um, I use it almost exclusively for sleeping purposes. I get a strain that is very relaxing and just knocks me right out pretty much. So that's what I use that for. And then in the supplement department, oh gosh, I, I feel like the poor people that are listening to this are going to be thinking, You've got to be joking. Oh, no, no. I can assure you, people are taking notes as you're talking. So. Can't, take, can't do all this. Anyways, supplement department. 
Uh, I take a supplement called NADH. Um, now that helps me with the, uh, let's see, it works on the, the Krebs cycle, which is the cycle of converting energy from food or food to energy. And again, because of the uh, channel, the stomach channel being reversed and my inability to properly get the nutrition from my food, this is really, really helpful. And when I started taking that, it was back in, I think, February of this year, I immediately noticed a difference in my energy level, like dramatic increase in energy. And I have stuck to that quite religiously. I take four of those uh, supplements a day first thing in the morning. I, I highly recommend that. I mean, it's worked for me, really worked. And it's one of those ones that's very noticeable. Within a half an hour after taking it, I can feel a change. Um, I've started taking citrocholine, <clears throat> which apparently helps to um, increase the number of receptors in the brain, so that the levodopa that you have in your system, or the dopamine that you have in your system, and the levodopa that I'm taking, uh, I'll get a bigger bang for my buck out of all of those. So I will need less levodopa, and. Um, the natural dopamine will have a, a just a longer it'll, it'll have a greater effect on my mobility and my motor control so I've been doing that I take copious amounts of vitamin D uh, vitamin D3 I take uh, 11,000 units a day um, this, this is one of the things my brother this is his contribution to my healing, but a, a significant one. He just he rides me about that. You've taken your vitamin D, right? You're taking your vitamin D, right? <laughs> Doesn't care about what else I'm doing, but boy, oh boy, if I don't take my vitamin D, I've got to answer to him. So, yes, dear, I'm taking my vitamin D. So, I take CoQ10. I take selenium. I was taking adrenal support for about three years. And uh, I stopped taking it recently because I don't feel that I need it anymore. It's not that it stopped being effective. It's that uh, my central nervous system has calmed down considerably. Uh, I feel like I spend much of my time in the parasympathetic as opposed to the, the sympathetic nervous system, the adrenaline-based nervous system, uh, where I used to basically live in the adrenaline-based nervous system. Now I'm pretty much living in the parasympathetic and the, my adrenal glands seem to be way happier. And so I've stopped taking the adrenal support. I take a really uh, high quality multivitamin every day, three of them. I take magnesium every day. And I take my magnesium with my levodopa because that gives the, extends the, the um, life of the levodopa as well. But it's also really good for sleeping, magnesium is. So if you can, unfortunately, I take it in liquid form, so it's a powder that I mix with water. So when I take it at night for sleeping, inevitably it means I have to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, which is counter to sleeping, but whatever. You, you just have to work some of these things out sometimes. It's a little bit forward, a little bit backwards. I take a, a supplement called MSM with a vitamin C in it because uh, it helps keep my joints from feeling stiff and sore and aggravated. Um, I take digestive enzymes. I take bee pollen daily. Um, I have not had a cold or the flu or any illness for five years now. Nothing. Not a thing. I don't get a flu shot. Uh, I've been 
I'm one of the healthiest people I know. The only thing I've got going on is Parkinson's. But other than that, I'm absolutely the healthiest person I know, and I credit bee pollen for that. It's local bee pollen, and um, it just seems to be like a magic little pill that I take every day. So that's been very helpful. I take a very high-quality fish oil, um, an EPA fish oil, every day in my morning shake. I take turmeric in my morning shake, shake, which is um, uh, neuroprotective. And uh, in my diet, <clears throat> I have very low sugar, very low dairy, uh, almost completely organic, low protein, high, high, high fruit and vegetable, tons of fruits and vegetables. I'm pretty much fully fruit and vegetable. <laughs> If you sliced and diced me up, I think that's all you'd find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm, I just, I can't put any kind of crap in my body anymore. I don't drink coffee. Uh, I don't drink alcohol. Um, I don't drink, eat any processed foods. I just can't do it. I can't do that to myself. It's, it's so easy not to do it. It isn't funny. No colas, none of that stuff. I t- drink tons of water. Lots of black tea, which is uh, also something that's uh, supposedly very good, black and green tea. And, uh, yeah, I have a very clean, uh, fresh, uh, tasty, delicious diet that I'm quite pleased with. And then the other stuff. I have a list here called Other Stuff. I do a daily yoga practice. At times it was nothing more than simply lying in corpse pose on my yoga mat because that was all I could do but that's what I would do uh, now I'm able to be much more vigorous I can do all the dogs and cats and uh, plank poses and twists and various leg poses and uh, balancing poses and it's just it's so exciting to be able to be as uh, vigorous on my yoga mat as I currently am able to and that again has just been since beginning of July when things absolutely turned around and it started to dramatically improve for me. I meditate <clears throat> every day. <clears throat> I um, sing in a choir. Um, as an artist, I wasn't able to pursue any of my art forms because of my decreased mobility, but <laughs> I thought, well, maybe I can sing. I'm not a great singer, but that doesn't mean I can't try, so this community choir that started up graciously accepted me and I got stuck in the tenor section and and uh, proceeded to put in a full year of being in the choir and I don't do the performances because I don't need the stress of performing and that wasn't the point of being in the choir. The point of being in the choir was to sing and to feel the joy of singing with a group of people and that has been fabulous. Um, I did, and on the musical note, uh, again, because of your radio station and an interview I listened to by Dr. Susanna Jonas, <laughs> I signed up for her Parkinson's um, medical music trial, clinical trial, uh, last winter. I think in January I started it, and I'm still listening to her CD on a daily basis. I completed the trial, which was a 40-day uh, program, and then I asked her if there was any reason for me not to continue with the music, and she couldn't think of any, so I kept it up and increased my dose of music at points in time in the spring. I was listening 
to it for four hours a day, like in, in one-hour intervals. Ooh, that's a sweet addiction, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I loved it. Oh, my God. There would be days when I just, like, crave it, absolutely crave listening to this music. And I could just feel the, the neural trans, my, my brain changing. I could feel the neural pathways opening up. It was very, very good, and I continue to listen to it every morning for an hour before I get up out of bed, so that's been a wonderful thing. Um, I have something that I do called dog therapy. I have a, a, a very dear friend named Zuma. She's a Labradoodle, and she comes for sleepovers, and she kind of hangs out with me, and she's very attentive, and she's kind of like a nurse in some regard, so... I make sure I have a, a Zuma day every week uh, and just thoroughly enjoy having naps with her and, and just having her company. Um, I get outside in nature as frequently as I can. In fact, I've been sitting in my backyard the whole time we've been talking, enjoying the clouds and the birds and the beautiful sunshine and the leaves rustling. So I'm outside as much as I can possibly get outside. Um, I use prayer. Um, I have a, a little ritual that I perform every night before I go to sleep. I light a candle and I go through the day and I thank everyone that had anything to do with my day and their ancestors because if their ancestors hadn't done what they had done, the person that had helped me out that day wouldn't have been there doing what they did. So I just basically thank uh, several million people every <laughs> night for whatever it was, even if I felt like I had a really lousy day. It's amazing how once I reflect on it at the end of the day and think about this person, that person, this thing, that thing, this this happening, that happening, it all seems quite a bit different when I get through that process. And last but absolutely not least, I'm sure there's something I've missed here, but um, I have been studying quantum healing now for about eight months. Um, for a while there, I wasn't able to read because I couldn't get, I wasn't comfortable enough. I couldn't sit in any position comfortably enough. And I couldn't hold a book because I tremored so badly. Uh, but about eight months ago, I was able to start reading again. And since July, uh, when things really started to change around for me, I've been able to read quite voraciously. And I've been uh, reading as much about quantum healing as I can which I believe is exactly what I'm doing, is quantum healing, believing that at the cellular level that all things are possible. And, uh, and so there we are, and here I am. What an amazing and remarkable list. We'll be right back with Sue Richards after this short station break. I'm Robert Rogers, and my guest today is Sue Richards. This is the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. Today, I'm mailing off a check for $60 to attend a Parkinson's disease event in Seattle in November. The surprise is that the cost of this event, $60 for Deborah and I, is actually more than it will cost you to attend the Jumpstart to Wellness event in San Diego, California. We're two and a half days, and I want to encourage everyone to sign up today and join others who are on the road to recovery. I have collected together the best of the best of what we've discovered can help you help yourself. 
We are not sponsored by large organizations, as is the case of the event that I'll be attending in November. There's a list of about eight to ten large organizations that are funding that particular event. The Jumpstart to Wellness program is funded by Parkinson's Recovery, and that's it. We are all that there is. You can call our toll-free number to get information about Jumpstart to Wellness, and when you do, you don't actually reach a receptionist or a person who's just there to answer questions. We don't pretend to be a large organization. We are simply people. You will get me. So when you call the toll-free number, you connect to my cell phone. I'm on duty, and I am happy and delighted to answer whatever questions you might have. The toll-free number is 877-526-4646. The Jumpstart to Wellness program, our one and only program, is in San Diego from October the 18th through the 20th. Here's the important news of the day. The big discounted hotel rates at the Bahia Resort Hotel in San Diego expire in 48 hours. We've contracted to pay for 25 rooms. Parkinson's Recovery is committed to pay for 25 rooms for three days. So in order to be able to qualify for the $109 per night rate, you must call now. If you call later, you're going to pay a rate that's significantly higher than that. Whether you're sure or not that you're coming, call anyway to reserve your rate. Our travel agent that we're partnering with is Kurt Robertson, and you can reach him at the following telephone number, 360-987-2333. Many individuals I talk to are concerned about the stresses that are associated with travel. Kurt's job is to eliminate all of those stresses. He can arrange for transportation for you that is as stress-free as travel can be possible. Kurt even recommends people consider taking the train rather than the airways. He has people meet you, and he makes it possible that everything is handled so that you're not stressed out by the travel. So what's holding you back from joining together with others who are on the road to recovery? Remember, Jumpstart to Wellness is not about throwing at you a program or specific therapies that are presumed to be able to help you feel better. We are all about empowering you to figure all of that out for yourself, offering you self-help tools that you can use to make decisions just as Sue Richards has made. And as you can tell, she is evidence that, yes, recovery indeed is possible. Our toll-free number, again, is 877-526-4646 for answers to questions by me on what we'll be doing at Jumpstart to Recovery. But whatever you do, please call Kurt and reserve that room if there's any hint that you're going to be able to attend. And also, I urge everyone to please spread the news. Tell your neighbors, tell individuals that you think would be interested in knowing. Now is the time to commit. Now is the time to make travel arrangements. 
Now is the time when all is affordable. Again, the hotel rates expire at the end of the day tomorrow. That's only 48 hours. So act now. Make your calls now. Make your reservations now so that you can take advantage of the highly discounted opportunities. I can't do anything about the hotel rates. The only thing I've been able to do is to make the uh, $9,000 commitment in advance. Now it's up to you to be able to take action Come, join us, be a part of an exploding community of individuals, all of whom are committed to recovering from the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Now back to Sue Richards. What therapies or treatments have you tried, Sue, that have not helped? Um, well, I think only really one didn't help at all, and that was the physiotherapy that I mentioned um, earlier on um, it was just too strenuous it was too hard on my body and I couldn't uh, I couldn't withstand it uh, I needed very very gentle touch and um, I would get to my physiotherapist and I would be there sometimes for three hours and I might be able to I, I would have walked into the physiotherapist's office but I would have to have been almost carried out so I, I kept that up for about, oh, maybe 20 sessions, just to really make sure that I, you know, maybe just needed to get over a hump or something like that before we saw the payout, but uh, there was no hump to get over. In fact, I think I was building a hump by going, so I stopped doing that. But other than that, um, I can't honestly think of anything that didn't help. Um, I may have stopped doing some things along the way that I can't remember at this point in time, but that wasn't because they were um, harmful or, or giving me negative effects. It might have been because it was you know, difficult to acquire or um, I couldn't afford it at the time or you know, some other reason for not doing it. But I can't actually think of any, anything that, that that might have been at this moment. Out of this incredible list of therapies that you've pursued, which have obviously made a huge difference, what has helped you the most? Um, well, I think the number one thing isn't, isn't on that list. It's my belief that I'm going to recover from this illness. Um, I didn't spend, I, I to this day have not done very much research on Parkinson's proper. I don't belong to a Parkinson's support group. Um, I don't like reading about people with Parkinson's. I don't want to hear about the, their symptomology. I'm focused on recovering my health. Um, and so I focused on my own symptoms and figuring out what those symptoms were telling me, and they were clearly telling me that I was uh, highly stressed out that I didn't feel safe and uh, and that I needed I needed support and I needed love and I needed not that there was that I wasn't getting love it's that I wasn't accepting love so I needed to learn a whole lot of stuff about love and I needed to learn a whole lot of stuff about accepting support and learning to receive and the gratitude and acceptance that I mentioned earlier and I think without that belief you can shove a million things in your body and you can you can do a million modalities of treatment and you might as well just be 
pissing in the wind, as they say up here. So, <laughs> so I think that's the, the number one thing, is to have the belief that you can actually solve the problem. And then on top of that, you know, it's a, a one-two punch, having the support around me. I, again, I just have to... I, you, you have no idea how much support I have. I have just so many people are so attentive and so caring and so loving and so helpful and so generous and so thoughtful. It's amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And then you throw all these these uh, treatments and, and um, supplements into the work and, and, and you get magic. And so that's what I've got. I've got I've got magic going on. I'm living in a state of grace. It's remarkable. What has helped you the least? Oh, jeez. Well, <laughs> probably the neurologist. <laughs> so that's what, I mean, not that he's tried not to help. I mean, in his own way, he's helped because I've so dis- not wanted to have anything to do with him, you know. I guess that's how that's helped. Not that he's not a nice person. He is a nice person. I, I just haven't wanted to go there, so I, I think that's helped me the least. Um, and, and just the belief that people have that it's a neurological, progressively, neurolog- neurolog- progressively degenerative neurological disorder that's incurable. I mean, that doesn't help at all. And that's bullshit. <laughs> Total bullshit. I mean, even James Parker, Parkinson's, the you know the the founder of the illness. I can't remember the exact quote, but his his quote in I think it was 1817 was something to the effect of, "Just because we don't know how this illness starts, or manif- just because we don't know how this illness starts in the body, doesn't mean we we won't. There is a cause." And as a result of the cause, there is a cure. Right. We just have to figure it out. You know, so, I mean, I, I hate I hate when medical science makes those absolute, this is the way it is, you're going to die. It's crap. It's total crap. The body can heal. The body wants to be in balance. It's up to us to listen very closely to our bodies and learn how to provide our bodies with what our bodies are asking us for. What conditions or factors are most likely to affect your symptoms? Well, if I'm out, I've had tremendously positive effects from being out in nature, for sure, absolutely. I have a memory uh, in the wintertime in February. I was out with uh, my friend Jeff, and I was on the sled that I had mentioned earlier, and, and he was hauling me up some crazy hill out in the middle of a bush somewhere, and it was just spectacular. It was beautiful white snow everywhere, and the sun was beaming down, and we had a picnic with us. We had this special spot. We were going to go and have a lovely picnic. And I just felt so absolutely thrilled and open-hearted and full of love and gratitude and I came home that day and I could have climbed a mountain I was just so full of dopamine I guess and uh, all the happy neurotransmitters were flowing through my body so that's been critical to me being out in nature 
likewise, I had an, an, and I think this is what helped me immensely in July. I got an opportunity to spend a day with friends canoeing on the Grand River, which is a river very close to my home. It's quite a large, it's quite a Grand River as it's called. And uh, it was a, quite a long day, and we had a picnic, and we had Zuma, the dog, was along for the ride, and several boats, and it was just one of those perfect, perfect, perfect days. And I came home from that experience, again, just feeling absolutely and totally filled to the brim with gratitude to billions of people for having made that day possible for me. And... I think that in itself is just extraordinarily helpful, being outside and, and recognizing the splendor of our world around us, the natural world, has been very helpful to me. Singing, singing has been helpful, despite the fact that I'm not great at it. I just love it. I just absolutely love being with that group of people making making music. Um, stressful situations, like things like um, I have to be very careful with... Um, I can't tire myself out, so I have to monitor how many activities I do in a day very carefully. I have to make sure that I'm in bed, you know, before 10 o'clock at night. Most nights, I mean, I can occasionally burn the midnight oil until 10.30, but uh, certainly not past midnight. That's not a possibility for me anymore, and I have to stick with that. Uh, Not always easy, because there's lots of things going on that I'd love to participate in, but if I want to be well... I have to make sure that I'm in bed and getting lots of rest. Uh, I have to make sure that I drink lots of water. If I don't drink water, I can definitely feel things aren't working properly and I start to, yeah, I just don't feel well. I stop feeling as well as I need to feel. Um, yeah, but there's nothing like, you know, there's no, if I do this, then this will happen. That doesn't seem to be the case. It's just sort of really general common sense. I'm ill. Uh, I may not always look ill, but I am ill, and I'm recovering from a very serious illness, and I have to remind my, make sure that I respect and honor that on a daily basis. What would you want to say to someone who has just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease? Oh, man, I don't know. Part of me is, you know, I want to say, you have my condolences. Because it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. And another part of me would say there's an opportunity of a lifetime ahead of you to learn something that you don't already know about yourself. I don't know what that is. Everybody's got something to learn about themselves for sure. Um, I certainly have learned ample about myself through this illness. But I guess maybe I would say don't believe what they tell you. If it's negative, just don't believe it. You you know more than they do. It's your body. What are your plans for the coming years? Well, it's it's interesting timing of that question, Robert. Um, I have been just just because of my improvements... um, in the last couple of months have actually been able to entertain that question. I, I have not been able to do that up to the, this, uh, up, well, since July. I've been able to entertain that question. But prior to that, there was just been no possible way that I could have thought about what I was going to do in the future. There was no future. The future was the present moment. That was it. That's where I was. That's as far as I could get. <laughs> just, 
the present moment. So now I'm actually kind of wondering what the heck I'm going to do with myself. And um, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with this information that I have gleaned, being a pioneer as I am in this recovering from Parkinson's. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how to package this information. Uh, I, I can't. I don't want to do anything on spec. Like people say, oh, you've got to write a book, you've got to write a book. And I say, have you ever met anybody that's made any money writing a book? And then they stop talking. <laughs> so uh, I'm not so sure that even though I am a writer, uh, I'm not so sure that that's the right way to go. Um, my continuing health is of paramount importance. So whatever I do, I cannot in any way, shape, or form interfere with my healing and it absolutely cannot have a negative effect on my health. So I have to be very mindful of that. But there's got to be something, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Certainly won't be a professional singer. That's not going to be in my book. Um, But I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure. But something will come, I think. Just the way this whole situation that I've been in for the last eight years has unfolded, uh, when I look back on it, I can see that it has unfolded in a very um, interesting way, and I expect it will continue to unfold in a really interesting way, and I'm, I'm quite confident that something really positive is going to come from this, because as they say, the highs are as high as the lows are low, and it's been pretty darn low for a long time, so I'm looking forward to a big high. Those highs are around the corner, Sue. <laughs> yeah. Tell people about your blog. Um, well, uh, back in when I was in my 40s, I started going through menopause, and I, um, I couldn't remember a darn thing, so I thought, well, let's be very practical. I'm a relatively practical person. Why not blog about your life so that you can at least remember what you're doing <laughs> day to day? So, so I started blogging about uh, my menopausal experience and expanding it to include um, different things that I learned about menopause, alternative therapies, etc., that would be helpful, I thought, for people. And I, I gained quite a following with my menopause blog and was doing quite well until I just simply couldn't do it anymore. I, I, did, I just couldn't type anymore. I physically couldn't sit at my computer comfortably, and I couldn't. my fingers stopped moving, so I was no longer able to type. But again, um, I keep saying this over and over again because I'm still quite delighted with it. The last three months have changed dramatically, and I'm now able to type again. Not, I'm not really fast, but I am able to type. So I started um, the menopause blog again. I'm calling it the post-menopause blog because I've managed to get through that t- time or that phase of my life. Um, and I thought perhaps I might start to talk a little bit about this experience of Parkinson's that I've just had. But I'm, I'm just not sure. Um, I've made a stab at it. I've written about six or seven posts in the last couple of weeks. And I, I will admit that I haven't been feeling like I have to get to the computer and I have something really important to say. I, I just haven't been getting that feeling. Whereas historically when I was writing the blog, I couldn't wait to get to the page every day. I, I loved writing it. I, it was uh, an integral part of my day. So 
I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with it, but it's there right now for anybody who uh, wants to check it out. It's www.mymenopauseblog.com, um, or you can just type in menopause and Sue Richards, and it'll come up. It'll be the first site that shows up. Um, yeah, so that's that's that. I have another blog too, but it's um, it's a joint blog with uh, two other women and it's based on my city where I live here in Ontario and it's a photo blog um, and we post photos on a daily basis of things that are happening around the city or photos that uh, but we have about 150 photographers that contribute to the blog and we post their photos so it's it's quite good and it's uh, www.blogguelph G-U-E-L-P-H dot com and you know it's, it's, I call it my dessert blog it's very easy you just go you look at the pretty pictures and you can go away again and you don't your brain doesn't hurt <laughs> your brain doesn't hurt yeah you, you haven't really learned anything but you've been amused for a few minutes while you've been looking at the photographs and maybe made a little dopamine in the process yeah maybe yeah what have I neglected to ask you that I should well, ask you actually, now? Actually, I have one more website that I should probably um, mention, and it, it was the when I mentioned the fact that I have this community support helping me out with my um, situation, specifically with my financial situation. Um, helpingfriends.ca is a website that some friends set up for me, and there's a little bit more information about me on that website if your if your listeners are interested. And um, yeah, it just if they were interested in having something similar set up for themselves, just to see what the template looks like, uh, they my friends have set it up so that people can subscribe to me through PayPal at a set amount of money, like ten or twenty dollars a month for a two-year time period, and it's all very automatic and it's all very se- seamless and easy. So that might be a good uh, resource for people to look at and possibly duplicate for themselves if they're in a similar situation to what I'm in. That's www.helpingfriends.ca? That's correct. Sue, thank you very much for being with us on this show today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for asking me. Sue Richards has been successful with transforming her beliefs. Do the same at Jumpstart to Wellness. Call Truckee Robertson today and reserve your hotel room, 360-987-2333. And tell your friends today, only 48 hours left. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that you are on the road to recover by virtue of the fact you are listening to this program today. See you in San Diego October the 18th. Good day.